Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey. Hey, Work Positive Nation, if I told you to give me your list of the top 10 industries in which companies that achieved a best workplace award, would a company that does basement waterproofing, crawl space encapsulation, foundation repair, and mold remediation solutions for homes and commercial properties be one? It wouldn't make your top 10 list? <laughs> it would not make mine either. I'm embarrassed to say, but my guest today is the director of HR for such a company. And hey, look, they not only won, they crushed it, right? And this was not just any award. This was the Top Workplaces 2021 honored by the USA Today Network. That's massive. That's a big deal. And their technology partner, Intergage. Now, just so you think that uh, companies, this company did not buy this award or something like that, because, you know, people kind of give you the side eye sometimes when you win an award like this. The award program measures, count them, 15 culture drivers. 15 critical culture drivers that lead to the success of any organization. What do they include? Alignment, execution, and connection, just to name a few. So I don't know about you, but my workplace world just got a little bit larger when I think about culture drivers and how we can give expression to that. And it's not just white collar. There's some blue collar involved, too. So how do we engage our employees to create that work positive culture. You're going to find it out today. And this is going to be an episode you listen to over and over and over because my guest today is enchanting. She's brilliant. You're going to learn a lot today about how to create your best work culture in any industry. Work Positive Nation, help me welcome to the Work Positive Podcast, Stephanie Rowan. Stephanie, welcome to the Work Positive Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm going to let you introduce me every morning when I get up. It's going to start my day (laughs) off wonderfully. Well, uh, what you should do is play that introduction for your husband and just say, see, I've been telling you. I am. I certainly am. On repeat. It may be my alarm. (laughs) And you've got a teenage son. He needs to appreciate his mom more, right? That's right. I'm going to say, let's listen to this on the way to school. That's amazing. Stephanie, uh, I mean, maybe maybe I'm by myself, but I think there's more than me in Work Positive Nation who would go, really? A basement repair company? A basement waterproofing company? Foundation repair company? Got named the top workplace in 2021. And I mean, the USA Today Network is huge. What? What? How did you do that? I think it's just about building relationships with people, you know, We are an organization that while we're corporately located and situated in Knoxville, Tennessee, we have um, different locations, you know, some in the South as far reaching as Baltimore. And so I think it's about building relationships with people um, face to face via teams, via whatever, you know, technology you use, but staying in constant contact and understanding you know, how different positions and different people contribute to the organization and then recognizing them for those contributions. Mm. Um, I think that it's all about knowing your people. 
Mm. Relationships. There's a novel idea. I mean, people aren't automatons and, and just go out there and do your work, boy. Which in some blue collar industries, at least some of the ones that, that I've been involved with, <clears throat> excuse me, um, they they regard it that way. So how do you, Stephanie, drive the culture to work positive for a predominantly blue collar you know, I think it's very, it's similar. It's understanding what the goal is, right? So our our crew is responsible for doing work every single week. They're responsible for projects every single week. And, you know, if it were limited to just that project and just going and checking the boxes of those things, that would be one thing. But helping them understand the goal and the mission of the company and what they're trying to achieve, it's a bigger reason to go out and do the things right. You know, it's more than checking the boxes. It's understanding the overall value and to see how the, you can grow as an individual, but then also how that um, individual growth can translate into the growth of the organization. Wow. Individual growth in, in the midst of a predominantly blue collar company. That's yeah. impressive. Uh, 58 foundations is the n- name of the company, right? And it's mm-hmm. named that because it was founded in 1958. So, <laughs> yes, that's a pretty cool way to remember the name. Um, has has 58 Foundations always been this way, Stephanie, or did it become that way when you got there? You know, what's the history on it? It was clearly me. No, I'm teasing. Um, <laughs> no, I think, you know, 58 Foundations was rebranded several years ago. And I think it's really the leadership that's now in driving it and the, the experience that the leadership has in the industry and then also just in in knowing people, you know, Todd Prosan is our president. He's been doing this for a a long time and he knows the industry in and out. And so I think he understands, you know, the importance of building relationships with people too. And so I think that's a, you know, definitely a top down. Um, Kevin Coppersmith is our CEO and he understands the value of creating goals for people and how driving to those goals Mm. is something that everyone can participate in. So, you know, there's a lot of different people who contribute to that. Mm, Yeah. But to your point, it begins in the big chair, right? And and so trickles down. But what we so often find in Work Positive Nation is that when it gets to that mid-level manager level, that it kind of dams up right there and doesn't get translated to, can I say, the front line people. And so you're talking about relationships, you're talking about knowing people, helping people grow. How do you break through that barrier that's typical in most companies at that mid-level manager? You know, I think something that's great about this organization, um, and it's one thing that I said over and over when I first started here, is that, and this sounds so probably cliche, but people really work here. Like people are not afraid to, you know, get in and roll up your sleeves and and work side by side. So, and what I mean by that is managers. So my mother, who um, worked many, many, many years uh, as a leader in her organization, always taught me that you have to be able to get in and do the work that you're asking your team to do. Don't ask your team to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. And so how that translated for me here is when I started, you saw that all leadership levels, everybody was willing to, you know, fill in the gap for something, or if they needed to go do something um, to accomplish a goal or meet a deadline, it didn't matter your title. It didn't matter what your, your day to day was. They were willing to go do the thing. And I think that that's so important. 
Mm, yeah, to roll up their sleeves and work alongside. Yeah, it's exhibiting types of servant leadership. And I think that you can say a whole bunch of stuff, but people <laughs> really um, respond when they see you doing those things. Well, and your people that work for 58 foundations must respond quite well because I know any time a workplace award like the one that you won for 2021 with the USA Today Network, there's some sort of surveying of employees that are going on there. So 15 culture drivers, uh, they you specifically mentioned alignment, execution, and connection. How do you continue to work with your employees to make sure those culture drivers are in front of them and measuring the success. Yeah. You know, surveys are tricky. You know, it's great to receive the award because you feel like that you got honest feedback because sometimes you can get, you know, the things that you need to improve on and that's okay too, right? We all need to improve Mm -hmm. every day um, and everything that we do. So I think it's really acting on the things that your employees are saying, right? If you ignore the, the needs or you ignore any type of culture shift, you know, negative in a negative way, if you ignore those things and all of those things that you've built upon can slip away. So it's being able to respond to those things. So if an employee says they need, you know, a better desk or a better computer or better equipment in the field or whatever that is, being able to respond to that so that employees feel like their organization is behind them, that their organization wants them to be successful. So I think it's really listening to what people have to say and then following through on that and acting on those things. Mm-hmm. Cause you can just say that you're going to do it, but until you do it, um, it's not real to someone. Yeah. Well, that's an amazing uh, way of describing that because when you fail to act, it seems like there's a, a massive trust withdrawal from the trust bank with, with your employees. So if you're going to ask the question, <laughs> be prepared to A, listen, and then B, act on it, right? So how do you guys at 58 Foundations ask? How do you listen and how do you act? In other words, how do you measure? How often do you do? What tools do you use? Things like that. So, you know, we participate in surveys when we can, um, which I always think is really courageous of an organization because, again, being able to act upon it, right? If we're all honest, do we want to receive the hard feedback just as much as we want to receive the good feedback, right? right? Um, so we participate in those things. But I think it's it's the conversations and the touch points that you have with people. I mean, they're not – it's not some sophisticated – software or tool or anything out there. I think it's just really, you know, engaging with your employees and understanding their needs. I'll give you an example. Um, You know, we have our crew and then we have our foremen who lead our crew, right? And so we have really tried to initiate um, touch points with our foremen and understanding what their needs are because they're, their responsibility is their crew and the crew doing their jobs. Mm-hmm. So it's really having those um, sessions as as a team of foremen to understand what they're seeing in the field and then how we can act upon those things. Mm. So again, it's, you know, I guess I'm a little old school and thinking through some of this stuff, but I just really think that it's, it's knowing your people and building the relationships with them and, Mm -hmm. and really responding and listening and knowing 
your employees, right? Because you can know their names and you can know when you hire them and you can know how much they make and all of those things. But really knowing your employees, I think, is is the key to to building culture, you know, each and every day. Yeah. So how often do you have those meetings with the foreman staff? We've started those. They are um, every other week. And so, you know, those are all, thank goodness for technology. (laughs) Um, Those are all over, you know, video meetings and really, you know, talking to them, engaging with them, walking through, you know, their day in, day out. How do we improve? How do we be, how are we, you know, going to be better each and every day? Mm. Um, So I think just having those conversations and then those foremen, hopefully taking that same kind of process back to their crew. You know, and understanding from them, having those conversations with them, what do you need? What do you need more of? And then I think there's also, you know, we're really big about having meetings that bring different sides of the business together. And what I mean by that is we have an operation side, which that's our crew, right? Mm -hmm. And then we have a sales side of our business. So those are the folks that actually go out and, you know, sell to our customers. And so you have to make sure that you're constantly reaffirming and building that relationship through those two sides of the business. Cause they, they both need each other. Right. Well, um, we know they need each other, but ops and sales historically, they don't know. <laughs> yeah. They're rather narcissistic. I mean, sales yeah. says, Oh, there wouldn't be any ops without us. And ops says, well, sales needs us to do what they sell. Yeah. And how do you and overcome and bridge that gap between those two sides? I think it's understanding, helping them understand how they need each other. And so I have a saying that I've said for years and years and years and years, and it's, it's so simple, um, but sometimes it can be so hard yeah. is if you don't row the boat in the same direction, it just goes in circles. Absolutely. And so, you know, when I visualize that taking operations and sales as an example, you know, mm-hmm. operations has an or, sales has an or, and if those two aren't going together, you're not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so constantly having those conversations that you need each other, mm-hmm. I think, again, reaffirms that relationship. Yeah. And relationships is a key word because when mm-hmm. you put sales and ops in give together and give them opportunities to get to know each other, then it just breaks the relational ice in a totally different way. So everybody's rowing in the same direction, correct? That's <laughs> yeah. right. That's my saying. I live by that one. Yeah, oh, that's a great one to live by because you yeah, who wants to go around in circles, right? No. Stephanie Rowan is the director of HR for 58 Foundations, and she's my guest on the Work Positive podcast today. So, Stephanie, uh, man, there's this whole great resignation thing's been going on for a while. And then, of course, some of us that have resigned are discovering we re- regret resigning, right? So there's the great regret because the cultural problems followed us or we didn't do a very good job of vetting the new company. And so the same stuff we experienced in company A, we're experiencing now in company B. How do you attract top talent at 58 Foundations? Oh, recruiting, I will tell you, has been one of the most challenging things in, in the almost 20 years that I've done this. I've never seen recruiting quite like it is. Really? Um, What's different? Yeah. It's just, it's hard to, it's hard to keep people engaged, right? You know, I'll give you an example. Just this week, I've scheduled 
I've had two initial interviews with people, mm-hmm. loved them. Mm-hmm. They seem to love us. Great oh. conversation. Sure. Scheduled the second round, put it on the calendar, sent oh. out the invite. Person doesn't show. Wow. That goes and to so, people. yeah. And so, and, and then even in my previous um, organization that I was with, you know, we would set up an interview with a candidate. And before you made it to the interview, that person was already offered a job somewhere else. And so, uh-huh. you know, it's it's competitive. And then also, um, I've just never quite seen the the lack of response in some ways. And then just finding people. Mm-hmm. I, I always say, I don't really know what people are doing right now. I don't I don't know where they are. I don't know where they're working. I, I have no <laughs> idea. Um so, and, and I too think, um, you know, that has been the biggest thing of just, you know, attracting people in the door. And so once we get them, how do you keep that conversation going? Sure. Um, and, and I think it's really just understanding their, their needs and what they want in an organization. One of the questions that I always ask people is tell me what your best day at work is. Mm. What is your best day? Best day ever. What does uh-huh. that look like? Yeah. Um, what does it look like? And and then really being honest with ourselves as an organization hmm. to say, okay, does that best day match what our culture really is? Oh, wow. Right? Or, or are we just grasping because we need people? Because it's not going to work out in the long hmm. run if your, you know, your priorities or your values don't align with the company hmm. and the candidate. Mm-hmm. So I think it's asking those questions from a from a culture perspective. And then I ask the opposite of that. What's your worst day like? Mm. And then, again, being really honest as an organization is, you know, is that what we can offer that person? Mm. And then I think just being real with people, what the expectations are coming in the door. Mm. But it, I will tell you, the great resignation is real. Um, <laughs> the great regret is because the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Oh, Lord. Um, but it's really trying to move quickly once you have those people um, that mm. you've identified as people that are going to help your organization to the next level. Mm. Well, I like the integrity of the process that you're talking about there in terms of attracting top talent, because what you're really doing is seeding right? For the harvest of retention later, because you're being quite honest. And a lot of companies, well, I'm not going to say a lot of companies, some companies don't do that. I'm not going to say they lie. They're just wrong because they want to get you in the door. And the back door is like 10 times larger than the front door. So they tell you what they think you want to hear. But that sense of integrity and honesty, both internally with who we are as 58 foundations, as well as with the uh, prospective uh, team members, that, that's really critical. So how did you come about understanding that? What is it that drives you to keep integrity and honesty in that process? Um, I think it's just, you know, treating others the way that you would want to be treated, right? Mm-hmm. If I were in an interview process, I wouldn't want someone to tell me one thing and then me get in the door and be like something completely different. Right. And I think, you know, we're all humans. And, you know, I <laughs> said earlier, you know, we spend more time with our coworkers than sometimes we do with our family. And yep. so we all know that our families aren't perfect. So we can't assume that our work family is going to be perfect. And so I think just being honest and truthful with people that every day is not going to be roses. You know, there's going to be challenges, but we're looking for people that will walk through those challenges with us. Mm, Okay. 
and so willing to walk with them through their challenges as well because you develop those relationships with them yeah so what else do you do Uh, i understand in the attraction factor or bringing top talent on you're already sowing the seeds of retention what else do you do to keep them engaged with 58 foundations you know we've been talking recently about growth opportunity right no matter where you work, you, you know, I won't say all people, but a majority of people, you know, want to see how they can grow themselves professionally, but then also compensation, right? Because we work to earn a living. We would be sure. kidding ourselves if we didn't. Right. Um, so really understanding how you have seated those people in the door and then over the course of the time, understanding what their skills and abilities are. So when you hire somebody, you are seeing them really at, at face value, if you will. As you have onboarded them and you begin to work with them, you begin to understand their strengths, their weaknesses. And then, you know, if they're people that are culturally in line with your mission and vision of the company, mm-hmm. how do you position them in a place that they feel like they're growing, but then also position them in a place that they're contributing in a different way to the organization. And and what I mean by that, not that they want to fit into the position, but then taking the position as it is and how can you grow that? How can you make it more? How can you um, give them more opportunity to spread their wings a little bit? And in turn, how does that then benefit the business on the back end of it? Mm. So what you're really talking about is an alignment of what's oftentimes called, I know predominantly by Sean Aker in his book, The Happiness Advantage. What's their sense of calling yeah even beyond career what what's their yeah. unique contribution is the way i like to talk about it to make to this company and then creating and fostering an environment in which they can do that it all comes yeah. back to relationships Steph. it does and and to speak about calling and career you know my undergraduate um work my college talked a lot about we were really shifting from what do you want to go do what profession do you want to be but really what you're called in life to do. What are your skills and abilities that you've been gifted with Mm -hmm. um, that you identify with, that you really do self-reflecting and to know what those things are Mm -hmm. that you feel called to go do that, that one will, will fulfill you, but then also be a great contribution to the organization that you're working with. And so I think just understanding what that is, because we're all, we're all different. Right. And so understanding how those differences um, can be beneficial to us, but then also to a, a business that we're, we're working with. Yeah. So you understand your own calling purpose might be another word to use to describe mm-hmm. there. My unique contribution, my purpose, and then seeking an alignment between that and uh, a, a company mission. Right. And yes. once those things get focused together, wow, it's just unstoppable. The engagement the fulfillment, the satisfaction, all those kinds of things that you want uh, of those 15 culture drivers, right? Right. And and it's just fun, right? Yes. Um, like who wants to go to work and not have fun? I mean, um, <laughs> we, we certainly don't want to walk in and be miserable every day. So <laughs> no. as much as that is enjoyment and fulfillment and productivity and all of those of fun words. It's also just enjoyment and fun in, in what you do every single day. Yeah. 
Wow. 58 Foundations is a company. If you want to go over to 58 Foundations, and that's the number five and eight foundations.com. Mm-hmm. You can do that work, Positive Nation, and there you'll, dis- you'll read descriptions of some of the things that Stephanie Rowan, their director of human resources, is talking about with us today. Uh, Stephanie, Work Positive Nation always wants to know one thing for my guests, so I have to make sure I ask that one thing, right? What's the one thing you would tell Work Positive Nation to do starting today to create a positive work culture? I think it is really adding on to the foundation, no pun intended, um, that that we just talked about, and it's aligning the mission, aligning the mission of your people and your organization Going back to my saying of rowing the boat in the same direction, you know, we can talk about sales and operations. We can talk about, you know, any HR and finance. You can talk about any, you know, or, you know, departments that need to align. But it's also aligning your your mission of your company with the mission and the vision of your people. And those two things have to row together as well. It's not going to be, again, roses and kumbaya every single day, Um, (laughs) but working through the hard stuff and figuring out how to get through the hard stuff while going in that direction, while rowing in that direction, I think is, you know, essential for for both people to grow or both um, sides of the boat to grow, if you will. Mm. Um, So I think it's aligning those things. Um, It's not perfect. It's not going to be, you know, picturesque. Um, but I think going through those waves and those storms um, in the same direction, rowing toward the same thing is essential. Wow. Mm. It all boils down to relationships for Stephanie Rowan, who's the director of HR. And all of Work Positive Nation said, yes, we agree. <laughs> so that's amazing. Thank you so much. I've, I've learned a great deal from you today, Stephanie. Uh, Work Positive Nation, go over to 58 Foundations. That's number five, number eight, foundations.com. There you can interact with Stephanie more. Stephanie, I assume there's an email contact form or something there that they can reach out yeah. to you. There is our career section, also 58 careers you can visit. We would love for you to come work with us. Here's my gentle plug for any person wanting to, you know, come over to my boat. Um, <laughs> Grab an oar. <laughs> that's right. We, we've got a couple. Um, yeah, but we would, we would love to, to engage with you and also visit our Facebook page as well, 58 Foundations. Okay, wonderful. And I'm sure there are HR and L&D professionals all over the world who would love to reach out to you as well. So they can do that there through the career sections at yes. 58foundations.com. Just look for Stephanie Rowan, the director of HR. Stephanie, thank you so much for your wisdom, for your generosity and sharing with Work Positive Nation today. We look forward to our next conversation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends who are HR and small business leaders so they can do one thing today to create a positive work culture that increases productivity and profits. I'd like to give you a free work positive course just for listening. It's called Something to Talk About, and it's transformed the work conversations of so many people all over the world. Get your free copy when you go to workpositive.today slash something to talk about, and you can start transforming your conversations today. Remember, it pays to work positive.